have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me fill you in on a few things. Like first and foremost, it's free. And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Then Anchor is going to distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on multiple platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. Even better, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And it's so easy, even somebody like me can do it. Now download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And I know you hear me. Hey y'all, this is Kevin Douglas, the former NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion and the modern day hero. And I encourage each and every one of you to come down and listen to the I Know You Hear Me podcast with Glenn Hendricks, because it's the place to be, baby. Hi, I'm Will Harridge, and I'm an audio engineer. But you would not believe the amount of mediocre voice actors I get in on the daily. It's scary, honestly. I always want to recommend them to Elise Bowman, who's the best voice acting coach I know. But I'm always afraid I'm going to offend them and be out of a job. Thankfully, I send the best ones over to her anyway over at EliseCoaches.com, and they keep coming back. Hi, I'm one of the mediocre talents that Will has to work with. And really, I'm thinking about looking up Elise myself. Go look at Elise Coaches today and start your career without ending mine. What he said. Are you needing some decals made? Maybe some vinyl or monograms? Then you need to go check out my wife's Etsy shop at Decals by Kins. That's K-Y-N-S. Go over to Etsy.com slash shop slash Decals by Kins, and you can check that in the show notes as well and see what she's done for other people and see what she can do for you. And I'm speaking from experience here. All of my water bottles, my protein bottles, they all have something that she's printed and put on there, and those things last. So if you need something like that for a gift, for your family, for your kids, or even for yourself go check out what she can do for you and as a special treat for my listeners if you use the promo code flynn that's f-l-y-n-n she's even going to get you 10 percent off your order now you can't beat that so go check it out and see what she can do for you and i know you hear me welcome back everybody to another awesome episode of the i know you hear me podcast on a crazy crazy monday well as you're hearing this it's not a monday but as we're recording this it's everybody's favorite day of the week and I am your host, Flynn Hendricks. Had to fight the world to get here tonight, but man, we're here. We're going to make it happen, and I am excited to be here. And if this is your first episode, I sound like a broken record every week, but I mean it when I say it. You picked a great episode to start out with because I have got an awesome, awesome guest on the line here for you. But before we get to my guest tonight, I got to take a quick minute to do some housekeeping here and tell you about a few ways you can help keep this podcast going and get the word out there for it because we all know word of mouth is free you know free 99 or whatever cool hip lingo you want to say but it helps the show more than you know and after you listen to this episode if you haven't already go back in the archives get subscribed and do a deep dive just dive in head first i've got over a year's worth of content there for you to enjoy and it covers a lot of ground. I mean, if you want to hear me talking to teachers, entrepreneurs, actors, wrestlers, you name it, it's a who's who that's been on here, and I've got the interview for you. And then when you're done with that, go share it. Because, I mean, if you enjoyed it, 
chances are you know somebody else that's going to enjoy it too. So get that word of mouth out there. And then go get subscribed on social media and follow everything we got going on so you can keep up with all the awesome guests that I've brought on here, all the ones I've got coming up. And it'll help out with this next part here because uh, Jeff, the man that makes this all sound so pretty, don't you think it would be cool if we told these people how to get some merch to help support this show and they took a picture wearing said merch and tagged us in it so that we could give them a shout out? Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, Jeff says that's good if you didn't hear that. Um, he's not on the mic, but I think you heard his voice. Anyway, we've got Flynn merch. We've got Tales from the Haunt merch. We've got I Know You Hear Me merch. You get that merch. You check the links in the show notes. You can either go to my Pro Wrestling Tees store. You can email us and we'll ship it to you directly. All proceeds from that help keep this podcast going, and a portion of that does go to the Nashville Humane Society. So everybody wins. We help the fur babies. That sounds like a good day in my book. And you get a free shout-out on social media and a podcast. How cool is that? Jeff is doing jazz hands, so he says that's cool. But... You know, that's that's the stuff we got to do to keep this show going because I enjoy bringing you guys these awesome interviews. And I want to make sure we do that as we get into, you know, season four, which is coming up. And then we got our second year going. We've also got Tales from the Haunt going. So you need that spooky fix between now and next Halloween. So let's just keep the train going. Let's keep having fun and let's show our support. Man, this is one, like I said, guys, at the beginning, I get excited about all these interviews, but... This is one I've literally been counting down towards since episode three of this podcast well over a year ago. And if you remember who my guest was in episode three, it was my little sister, Jen Silverman. And she was gracious enough to introduce me to my guest here tonight because she told me so much about him. And then we finally got connected in a Bang Zoom workshop. And this dude absolutely knocked it out of the park. Finally got to see the, like crown of curls that this guy rocks because he is the king of the hair game you've heard his voice in orient and pokemon and upcode Yu-Gi-Oh, um prince of tennis 2 mobile legends bang bang this guy has had his voice in everything that is cool it is my pleasure to have on the show tonight the king of the curl the prince of the perm whatever you want to say it is my pleasure to have danny kramer on danny how are you <laughs> thank you so much of course i really appreciate that intro man of course man i gotta i gotta do you justice and i gotta stay on your good side because we're now neumann twins <laughs> that's right <laughs> man so again like thank you for fighting the craziness of a monday uh again it's it's a Friday when they're listening, hopefully. But if you're listening on a Monday, it fits. But as we're recording, it's a Monday. We fought the craziness of Mondays and travel baseball, all that fun stuff to be here. So, dude, thank you for being so flexible and wanting to come on here. Hey, and thank you for having me. I'm, I'm really honored. I, I, uh, of course. Thank you so much that, uh, <laughs> for setting this all up, really. I mean, oh, dude, it was my pleasure. But, man, let's... Uh, Let's talk about you now. Tell me where the acting bug started for you. What got you into this world of performing and specifically VO? What started that for you? Um, you know, the the acting thing came first before the VO stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was younger, I was always doing theater. I was always part of talent shows and things like that. And I was always um, <clears throat> part of the drama clubs and, and just learning about theater and everything in general. I just really enjoyed that. Uh, when I got into college, I first went to study medicine, but instead I, I ended up really going for film and media production. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, 
I, I wanted to direct, so I went back to acting, uh, which I didn't stay away from very long. I mean, I did it well up until my senior year in high school, so basically I just picked up where I left off. Right. Theater and stage acting, really learning about screen acting, because I, you know, I wanted to know about that for, for filmmaking. And, uh, and that, it's just always kind of been a part of me. And then for the voice acting stuff, I was on set for an industrial working as a grip. And they needed a voice actor. We had one scheduled, but he wasn't able to make it. Mm-hmm. So they had me do. They had me uh, fill in for him because the producer liked my voice, and I was nice. like, "Okay, I'll give it a try." Uh, you know, it's like, "Yeah, you got an acting background, right? Like, you, all you have to do is just talk into the mic, right?" I'm like, uh, I, "I'm pretty sure it's more complicated than that, yeah. but you know, I can I can give it a try." <laughs> And, uh, and it came out pretty good. I had some people be like, hey, like this, is, this came out like really good. You should like learn to do this as like a thing. And I started taking classes about voiceover specifically um, at Actors Connection. Um, Paul Liberti, Darren Dunstan, uh, really great coaches I learned from there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and just after a few years, uh, I really started feeling good about what I was doing and the training and everything. And I started really going out there, putting myself out there more and started getting auditions. And then eventually the first thing I booked was uh, for animation. The first thing I booked was Yu-Gi-Oh! Wow. Um, and that kind of linked to everything else. Everything kind of spiderwebbed out from there through Absolutely. Like the floodgates were opened at that point. Yeah, I'd say so. And uh, And just meeting other casting directors and people and then that just led to all sorts of other things. And uh, and then for the commercial stuff, uh, I had always done, uh, even when I was getting coached and learning, I, I was doing uh, a few commercials here and there because of my connections with you know people mm-hmm. in the entertainment and commercial business. Uh, but just recently I got picked up and I'm repped now by DDO Artists. Nice, and, congratulations. Uh, thank you so much. And yeah, I'm doing uh, stuff through them now, so. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's my story. I love it. I love it. And and one thing I really like to like get into with my guests is just like the family background when they find out that you have this knack as an actor or you decide to pursue it or you change your field in college to pursue acting. What was the family dynamic like with that? Were they supportive? Were they kind of hesitant? How was that for you? Uh they said they always knew it was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> When I um, when I went to college and I was like, oh, I'm not sure I'm going to study. Maybe science and or medicine stuff and everything. And it's boo like, math, boo. Right? Yeah, it was sort of like that. Um, just to give you a little bit of background, my mother, she is a really incredible and 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 at least within the New York sphere, really well known mm-hmm. uh, makeup artist, hairstylist, and um and uh, uh production manager. And so she had a, a an incredible reputation. She had done uh events chocolate and champagne events for tribeca uh she had done events uh sponsored by steven spielberg i mean she'd done like all this incredible kind of stuff and so i got exposed to a lot of that stuff mostly Mm -hmm. during like late middle school early high school and everything but i i i had always had the acting bug since i was little and and my family was always encouraging of me with it uh, but yeah, you know, I was, I just was like, oh, you know, I think I'm going to do, cause I, I always, I also was really interested in science and medicine. Right. Right. Uh, but, but so when I, when I was like, you know, I really want to go into film and media production, I didn't totally understand like who my mom was back in the day. So when I really decided that that's what I was going to do, she was shocked and we ended up 
going over all this stuff about her past, about who she had really done work with in the past, mm-hmm. and um, and all that kind of stuff. And so it was it was actually a really nice kind of bonding thing because then it was like, oh my gosh, like my family has always been connected to the entertainment industry. Right, uh, right. It's genetic at that point. Yeah, like even my dad, he he works uh, within uh, you know like insurance and law and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but. Even he had worked with like NBC before in their entertainment oh, wow. division and stuff like that. Not like creative, but like helping them with legal stuff and everything. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just like my family had always had that connection. And then when they had me, they like focused on having me, like like raising me and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And, and there was always still that connection there, like with the Tribeca stuff and everything. I'm like, I, I just sort of was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, how did, how did she make those connections? But I didn't know. I was just going to school and everything. Right, and right. So, and so when it became like, oh, this is how, and you're interested in this now too and everything, it sort of just came together. And it's like, okay, yeah, now I, I get it. So, yeah. So, yeah, my family was extremely, <laughs> extremely supportive. Right. Man, that's, that's awesome to hear. And I love, I love hearing that dynamic of it because – Just like from my own experience, my family's supportive, but it's also not what they grew up around or not the world that they grew up in. So they're they're supportive but hesitant. But I love hearing these stories of like the families that are just like, oh, I knew it was going to happen or it's about time you started going for this instead. So (laughs) it's it's so cool to hear that. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, of course. Very blessed. (laughs) And then. One thing, too, that you mentioned was the networking, which that is a huge thing, especially in this field where, you know, you have to get yourself out there. You know, you have to establish your brand. You have to meet these people. But, you know, you hear horror stories of a lot of people that do it the wrong way, where they go in with the wrong intents instead of getting to know these people. What's that like for you in your networking process? Because I'm a very introverted person, and I don't tend to put myself out there as much, which is weird as I'm hosting this podcast, but you know, it's like, I just, I'm hesitant that this person may think, Oh, I'm just talking to them so that I can get a job. Like I run through all those negative scenarios in my mind. What's that like for you? Hmm. Well, when I was learning early on and just taking the classes for the sake of learning, that was never something that I really thought about. It was just, you know, I want to learn from this person and I want to get better at what I do. Uh, I would say as it went along, I, I definitely, you know, and, and, and uh, started learning from uh, casting directors and encountering them, maybe not even necessarily taking classes with them, but just getting mm-hmm. to know them and everything. Yeah, no, I definitely uh, had those concerns too, uh, especially since there were plenty of times where I really just wanted to like talk to the person and just learn from them and yeah. not necessarily have them like connect me or anything like that. Right, you know? right. So, I, I guess what I always sort of figure was I'm just approaching this person as a person and mm-hmm. there's someone that's in the same field as me, but they're more experienced and Absolutely. having come, you know, like I, I worked and still work in the film industry. So I, I still encounter people like, you know, in the realm of video production and mm-hmm. media production who like are at a higher level than me and I, and I want to talk with them. So I, I was already kind of used to how that sort of goes, where it's sort of like, you know, hi, I'm Danny, and I'm not looking for a job. I just want to get to know you. And right. that's that's so important to be able to do, because oh, yeah. uh, one of the most important things is to just really just connect with people on the level of them being a person. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's the simplest thing. It's like, you know, uh, uh, you know. Uh, Hey, you, you you like that? You're into you're into tennis and basketball. So am I. I mean, uh, 
you know, stuff like that. And just really connecting with that person. And if that connection's there, then that's great. And you two will naturally Absolutely. talk and share information, all that kind of stuff. And that, and that's sort of the most important thing that that bond is real. If you try and force mm -hmm. it and be like, Hey, Hey, uh, 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 hi, uh, do you like this? Do you like that? Dude, can we, can we do that? Like, it's just sort of like, it's, uh, then it's going to feel like forced and, and, fake and all that kind of stuff so instead it's just it's just something that grows naturally and if absolutely you, you and the other person have a nice rapport and you get along then it just it just happens and you discover oh we share interests and stuff like that and then yeah you know and if it works it works and then if it doesn't like don't worry about it like you just you meet plenty of people yep so. life goes on but i mean i think you nailed it to a t right there it's got to be genuine it can't be forced and you've got to come to them on that human to human level absolutely you know yes sir and then you know, just with what you had mentioned earlier, too, you know, about booking Yu-Gi-Oh! and then the doors kind of opening from there, booking that narration because you were you were right there and the other voice actor, you know, wasn't there when they needed them. What's it like for you? Um, because I tend to be more on the theatrical side of acting and not so much on the commercial side of things where mm -hmm. you, you give them the straight read or whatever it is. Um, I'm more like animation. That's just more of like my wheelhouse, so... It's kind of a, I can do it, but I, it's, I'm not as comfortable with it as far as like commercial VO goes. How is mm -hmm. that for you, um, especially like given your background of acting, how did you find that middle ground for the narrations and the commercial voiceover? This was really interesting because I, I came, you know, I studied theater first mm -hmm. and then film acting. And it was so funny because when I first started learning film acting, uh, it, it was really funny because... My classmates could tell right away, oh, yeah, you came straight out of theater. I'm like, yeah, because you're over the top. When you're doing <laughs> film acting, you have to be really kind of like yeah. bring it down a lot. So that I mentioned that because then when it came to voice acting uh, at the very beginning, it, you know, it's sort of like you're either not giving enough or it's too much. Mm -hmm. And uh, But you want to have the problem of having sort of too much because then you yeah. can dial it back. So I found that a lot of times in my early days of learning – and even now i'll give too much and it's like you have to bring it down right and um and so with commercials especially now like i don't know i don't i think this was kind of happening when i was learning but the, like i mean I, i'm sure it was but because it was because uh, what's happening right now is that um a lot of auditions will be like uh you know we don't want an announcer. We want a real person. Yeah, casual re, like you're talking to a friend or whatever it may be. Right. And that's, this is really funny. That's so much more nuanced than you might think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I won't I won't get into a dissertation about what that means exactly, but, <laughs> but it's much more complicated than just you're talking to your friend about Honda. Like, yeah. it's, but, but. The general idea is that that is what they want, but in terms of actually performing it, it's a little different than that. But um, so, yeah, you know, they just they just want a real person. So as I was learning about commercial voice acting, it was like, yeah, you know, so if you go for it too much, you know, then you sound like an announcer or you just sound like a crazy person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you have to kind of bring it back. So going for that casual read and, uh, you know, like uh, people that were really helpful to me for learning that would be Paul Liberty, Rolanda Watts. Um... Let me think of some more names on the top of my head because it's always hard when you're on the spot. spot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> ah, 
they'll hate me forever for not remembering to mention them again. Uh, think of some other people soon. But those are two names that pop in my head right away for for just doing that casual commercial sort of read. Absolutely. Um, and 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 uh, you know, um, for people wanting to get into it, I would definitely suggest taking classes with with them or other oh, coaches yeah. that have experience doing it because they can teach you what what things to, to sort of uh, go for and, and how to kind of just sort of keep it casual and all that kind of stuff, because you don't want to just do a, a flat read, uh, you know, unless you're being asked to do that. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it's uh, it is a very different beast than, than being a character because oh, for sure. uh, you, you can make a whole backstory and history behind your character and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff with the commercial <laughs> Not really. I mean, right, right. Like, I mean, yeah, there's something you can create context for the commercial. Yeah. But, you know. Like, am I talking to my child? Am I talking to my wife? Am I playing with my dog? Or am I the where, bartender with the towel over his shoulder? Things like that. And where are you talking to them? Yes. And what is it that you want from them? Mm-hmm. What What emotion are you trying to elicit in them about telling them about this product? Absolutely. It, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff. So it's it's yeah. It is interesting. It's. It really is. And I think one thing you just said right there was key to me to finding a little bit more comfortability in actually doing these reads. It's not that you're selling the product. Yes, the script and the lines are about a product, but it's the emotion and the feeling that you are selling with this read. Like, is it a happy feeling? Is it a, you know, sad feeling? Is it a peaceful feeling? That's Mm -hmm. what you have to focus on and contextualize as you're reading these words. That's right. Man, I exactly right. feel like we just gave a free dissertation right there on how to do commercial VO, but... Uh, just just, a, just a brief one. That, that's the sprinkling. <laughs> that's not even the tip of the iceberg, but... it's Nope. <laughs> it, it goes way further, but it's that's the very, very, like, that's the start of the gist of it for you to understand. Because Absolutely. Then there's a whole other realm of that to make oh, it even yeah. more nuanced, but yeah. That's it. And then something else, too, um, especially, like, what you said earlier, you know, about going you know either giving too much and having to pull it back or in some cases having to have it pulled out of you did anybody ever tell you that it's better to go big and get reined in as opposed to having them feel like they have to pull it out of you all the time it's always you want to give too much rather than too little absolutely and uh i i i yeah i mean in terms of my training and stuff like that yeah it's always been uh too much and 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 pull it back and so from what I'd been told, you know, a lot of times for, for theater folk, yeah, that is the case because yep. you're on stage and you're, you know, all that kind of stuff. You got to perform for the person in the last row or in the top of the balcony. Right, exactly, you know, yep. and, and, and then so, and, that's, and then in that sort of way, you know, that's not, that's not me sort of uh, roundabout self-bragging by going, oh, I was so good, I was too much. No, <laughs> it's like, it was like, okay, yes, but you're not performing for like, an audience of a thousand people that's in front of you, you need right. to bring it back and make things more nuanced. And that makes it more interesting because if it's too broad and too obvious, then it's not as interesting. And sometimes less is more in the literal sense of, you know, uh, making something much more understated and psychological is way more interesting than making it powerful and emotional. Absolutely. On obvious level. So, yeah, absolutely. And then one thing too, uh, that we, kind of hinted on you know like we're just talking about like who are you talking to or what emotions and what feelings are you trying to portray those you know those can fall into niche demographics especially in the commercial world but you know like even in the animation side of things 
with finding your voice match or what ranges and what age groups match you, what was it like for you finding your niches and your, like, your, uh, I don't want to say comfort zones because I hate that term, but, like, the areas where you excelled and where your voice shined, what was that like for you finding what was specific for you? That was a very interesting journey, and it's still ongoing because as you keep doing it, you learn that you can do new things Mm -hmm. or you can just sort of expand on what you have. But um, hmm, I would say that when it really sort of came together of like, okay, let's really talk about like what you can like really do and what your what your go to zones are. That would be when I worked with Edge Studio and and one of their really awesome instructors there um, on my character demo, which up until that point, I had already kind of figured what I could really do. But in working with them, I really came to understand, oh, my goodness, these are things that I can I can really put into a character demo reel and show like, yes, this this is stuff that I can do, you know, like Mm -hmm. the, the, the the action hero kind of thing of course like the 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 dastardly you know uh, seen some stuff and messed up by a villain and yeah um and and cutesy characters too which i was like oh yeah okay and 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 stuff like that um you know an, another uh uh coach who was really helpful with uh discovering that would, would be uh erica schroeder uh jennifer suck up and Lisa Ortiz, they definitely mm-hmm. uh, with their classes taught me about like exploring all sorts of different kinds of characters and Paul Liberty uh, as well. Absolutely. Just sort of like where you can go with it because you know, you don't know until you experiment. Exactly. And then, uh, and then when you experiment, sometimes you can fall flat on your face and it's like, nah, I can't do that. But then you, it's like, no, keep trying on your own and, and then you can develop stuff into things that are legitimately mm-hmm. interesting, you know? And, and, uh, and one of my favorite uh, things that I hear all of the coaches talk about, which is like, you know, a bad impression can be a unique character. Bingo. And so, you know, so, um, so, you know, it's, it's, um, so yeah, I, I would say, I mean, just funny enough, uh, when I made my character demo is when I really sort of felt like I solidified, yeah, this is absolutely what I can do. It, it was one of those things where it's sort of like, yeah, I always like knew I could do these things, but it's like, this is how I market myself. And then as I come to understand and find new things that I can do, like I'm finding that I can do older, more uh, um, elder sort of characters and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And that's been received well and stuff like that. So it's like, okay, yeah, that's, that's something else I can do. And da, 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 da. And, and, and it's fun because the character demo shows your, your sort of uh, general range. And then you know, for auditions, it's up to you or for your agent to sort of be like, and I can do this kind of stuff too. I can push that out there as well. So, uh, so yeah, I, I would say yeah, it was, it was the character demo uh, really forming that because you had to have a clear idea of what you're going to do and and how you're going to market yourself. And that's when I was like, yeah, this is what I'm strongest at for sure. So yeah. I love that, man. I love that. And then too, like just some of the things that you mentioned you discovered is kind of like when we had that first workshop together with uh, with Bang Zoom and Mommy Okada, yeah. listening to your read for what like because that was a character that I had considered reading for but by no means would i've been able to hit that kind of gruff vocal range that you brought to it and it made me so glad when i heard it's like okay i'm glad that i listened to myself because i would have fallen flat on my face but like you brought that gruff kind of older guy read to it and that just completely blew me away because i was not expecting that to come out of you and it's like like i think you were in the group chat i was like uh you're like just 
I, I can't sing your praises enough on that because you kicked Thank absolute you. ass. Great. I mean, Chris, you did so great yourself, oh. really. I, Thank you. No, really. And 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 the thing about trying characters, even if they're ones you're not super confident about, is that mm -hmm. it gives you the chance to, to you know, yeah, I know you don't like it, go step out of your comfort zone. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean. And, you know, so, yeah. And one thing you said right there, too, is, like, it gives you a chance to fail, but if your mindset is correct, you can learn from that failure and get up, okay, I tried this, it didn't work, but maybe I can try this. And that, mm -hmm. that's one of the coolest things I've learned. And, you know, it sounds like that was kind of like a, a process in you learning your areas of strengths as well. And that's so cool to hear because, again, you hear the flip side of it and people get discouraged and they just don't even try to grow past that point. Oh, no. I mean, like, you you got to you gotta fail to understand. Yeah. But it, it, it's about... <laughs> it's so funny. It's about knowing where to, like fail yep. as opposed to putting yourself out there you know going to classes and getting an mm -hmm. education first there's a huge difference between doing uh, a romantic read for a really beautiful uh just incredible uh, love and and romantic scene between two characters confessing their love to each other and your coach tells you danny that was creepy jesus like <laughs> no come on, no why why were you batman what were you why why versus uh a casting director or your agent telling you that <laughs> and it's okay if that if the latter happens too but it's better to get the education early on and Absolutely. understand and, and then wiring out the kinks and be like oh okay okay right yeah, yeah, yeah. and then stuff like that so um <laughs> And you think I'm kidding about that, uh, but it can uh, <laughs> but you know, like we 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 were all green and and absolutely and not knowing what we were doing, and it's okay, absolutely. You know, so uh, so yeah, no, please, I I encourage you to try and fail, and then go okay. Now I'm gonna redouble my efforts. Now I know what what not to do or what to right. lean into more, and and it's okay. And absolutely. You know, and then one thing, too, that, that fascinates me, not only, you know, like in the voice acting world, but even in some ways you can consider it in the real world and everyday ordeals, too, like where you apply for something or in our case, you submit an audition and you don't get it. You may not even get a response back. You may not get feedback. Oh. You may get a short list or a callback and nothing comes of it past that point. Mm -hmm. And if people don't book that role, they take it as a failure. But they don't take into account the tens of thousands of other reasons they may not have booked it, even though they sent a solid, good read. What was it like for you learning to, you know, submit it and forget it and know that you brought your best to what you did and your best was good enough for you to hit the send button? What was that like for you? I'm so happy you asked that. That's such a wonderful question. Well, thank and you. I, I have seen people really get really discouraged because of of just the of, of the rejection that happens mm -hmm. i mean it, it's what happens but um so i was i had it pounded in my head really early on uh i would say even with the likes of of paul liberty and and, and darren and, and my earliest coaches of just like listen particularly in animation, it is really competitive and you are competing against mm -hmm. thousands of people for any given role, even for the most, like, not main, but, like, yeah. recurring or side character sort of things. It's hard to get into animation. That includes anime and, and all that kind of stuff, character work. So the thing about it is that, you know, you go for it and give it the best that you can, but as a voice actor, 
you know, it's important to also go into commercials because that's how you can really financially Absolutely. sustain yourself. Yep. And even in that world, you're competing against all sorts of folks. But here's things that you can do to help give yourself an edge in different ways. But when it comes to knowing whether or not you've sent in your best work, it, it's deeply personal, but you you have to sort of understand you have to have a good fundamental understanding of what you're capable of, mm -hmm. of what your strengths are. And, you know, if this is something that you can lean into and um, and really if what you're doing is genuine and if it's something that you can repeat. And this is really important for characters because sometimes you can do a character voice that is something really interesting and crazy and awesome and unique. But maybe it's only something you can do for like five minutes. Yeah. And it's like, mm -hmm. it's like, like, it's hard because you don't want to ever be like, don't send that. But it's like, no, can because I if you can't, it? right. And if you can't do that, then you shouldn't send that. But yeah. if it is something where you're being very genuine and you're able to find something in yourself that's real and you send out that audition. Now, that sounds like a high bar, but the thing about it is that for any audition that you get, the fact that you're getting an audition means that someone wants to hear what you can do. Absolutely. They want to hear what you've got. And that can be intimidating, but just figure where I'm at in my career and my abilities, I'm going to do the best that I can. Mm -hmm. You're going to try to bring that character to life the best that you can with the experiences that you know. Or if it's a product, you're going to read for it and do the best that you can to, to make that product, uh, you know, have that commercial, give the emotions you want it to give and be genuine. Yep. So you have to be honest with yourself and go, is this good? And then also not be too hard on yourself and go, oh, gosh, this sucks. It's and that's just, the hard part. Right? Because it's going to be like, it's going to be true. There's going to be hundreds or maybe even thousands of reads that will sound like yours. If you can do things that you feel like are uniquely you in the audition, that you're like, yeah, this is something that like I bring to the table. And it could be little things, uh, just just uh, certain emotions or finding ways to... to to put a, a certain sort of feeling into a line that isn't obvious and, and right. stuff like that. Don't make like don't make really arbitrary decisions, but just ones that you feel like, yeah, I'm 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 doing that. Then you've done good. So as Absolutely. for as for not hearing anything back, send and forget is something that I had to learn from my fellow voice acting friends, mm -hmm. which is just like don't don't just don't yeah. worry about it. Uh, but also two, that's that's one two. If they send you more auditions, you have succeeded. Yep. Because if they think you're terrible, they're not going to send you ones again. Mm -mm. So if you get more auditions from that studio or from that agency or whatever have you, they liked what you did. Yep. And the thing about it is that I forget the statistics, <laughs> but like there's a very high percentage of bookable uh, auditions that get sent in. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of preference for the yep. casting director and the producers and the, the officials involved to go, okay, like, this is the fine tuning. This is like kind of what we precisely want. But that doesn't mean your thing wasn't potentially bookable. It doesn't mean right. that your thing wasn't good. It's just they, they went with that choice. And that's fine. And Absolutely. that's, they, they have every, that's, they have every right it's to their do vision. that. They're the people, it's their vision. And for you, you just you move on to the next thing and yep. you never take it personally. And the one thing that really kind of helped put that in perspective for me is like 
they get so many auditions and you know sometimes they may not even have the full specs and casting for what they want and sometimes they may ha they may have everything they want and something just comes along and completely changes that some like the, the fact of the matter what i'm trying to get to is sometimes even the casting directors and the creative people don't know what they want until they hear it and you may give them something that's just completely like kick ass out of this world but it's just not what they're looking for but you keep getting those auditions for other things from them. So, like you said, you've won. You're you're still on their radar, and that's what matters because it's the long game more than anything else. That's right. That's absolutely right. And, I mean, just to put it in perspective, too, and, and not to name drop, but, I mean, like, just, you know, talking to Anna Graves that you've heard in multiple video games, American Dad, Clone Wars, you name it. She says that, you know, like, the booking ratio for what she, you know, compared to what she actually auditions for is so much lower than you would expect, but oh, yeah. she gets consistent work and her work is known. Therefore, she's able to keep working and she's able to keep paying the bills and keep having fun. So, I mean, it's if you look at the percentages, it would probably deter a lot of people for like shortlist, booking, amount of auditions you've actually sent. But if you're willing to play that long game and you just stay consistent and you keep busy with those auditions, something's going to stick. And then, like, in your case, the floodgates are wide open because from Yu-Gi-Oh!, you went to Pokemon, you went to everything else, man, and it's just, it's a game of consistency because you look at your IMDB page and you've been busy this year. That's a good thing. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's, uh, that, that is the case, you know, it, it takes time. I mean, absolutely. Uh, it can be after your first animation booking, it could be a year before the next one happens just yep. because of how long it takes for the ball to get rolling. But very true, uh, you know, and, and, and then there's going to be, uh, years where there's stuff happening and then there's going to be slow ones. And that it's like you said, it's the long game and, and it is tough. It, it's totally yep. understandable why there's people that are just like, oh, this isn't for me, but right. You know, it's, it's really rewarding if you can, find that that joy in just performing and doing it and, and really putting your best out there and, and that's it yeah. yeah and when you when you booked that Yu-Gi-Oh role too what was what was the ADR process like for you did you find that you know like your your previous acting experience and background helped with matching of the mouth flaps and everything did you feel like that helped or was it still kind of like uh oh Jesus what am I doing like just you know trying to get everything down to match that what was that like for you so I was a lucky punk because <laughs> my character didn't have any mouth flaps for most oh. of his appearances. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I have got to brush up on my Yu-Gi-Oh! And I know Jen shames me for that, but... Oh, man. No, you're, you're fine. Uh, the Shepherd, or Blood Shepherd from the Japanese version, he, uh, he wears a mask. And so mm. most vast majority of the time, he is seen masked. And I had a few times where he was unmasked and I... You know, had to to ADR, uh, yep. you know, uh, match the the lip flaps. But uh, for other works that I've done with uh, mouth flaps and everything, the the best advice that I can give is that there are ADR classes that give you a lot of tools to help you with that. Oh yeah. And, and one thing to sort of do, and this and this sounds really weird, but is to just really practice, like even just taking some of your favorite anime that you like having lines that the characters do and, and writing it down in like a script form and then doing it, timing yep. yourself. And, and, and it's not really like, don't do it to like mimic the character voices, like do your own in interpretation mm -hmm. of them. If you, if you're so inclined, but 
understand what the timing of that feels like. And when you're in classes, this is something that's going to be really ingrained into you, which is how long was that take about yep. how long did that feel and, and, and stuff like that. Cause you want to start to build a sense uh, of, of almost the circadian rhythm of how long you're, you're saying something mm -hmm. while still being cognizant of, of being real and natural with yep. your character read. But Doing that so that way you know how long certain takes are. Uh, because even with doing um, The Shepherd uh, initially, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're following the Japanese version. Mm -hmm. You know, they're married to the footage. So even though he doesn't have any lip flaps, they're still married to a certain amount of time yep. that he's allowed to speak. It's not like a prelay where everything can be adjusted to yeah. some extent. It's sort of like, okay, no, you have such amount of time. And then for the lip flaps, it's, it's that even more because then there could be things where and i've like ran into this where like a character will stop talking at a point in the sentence that's not natural for native english speakers and mm -hmm. you have to come up with a you have to come up with a reason like like acting wise like like internal dialogue wise about why that character stopped there and yeah it could be all sorts of things like they they realized something they had a light bulb moment of like wait and then the rest of the line can be delivered differently because it's yep. like there's been a change or whatever have you. Now, otherwise, you'll you'll have the uh, <laughs> the cartoonish, uh, oh, goodness, you know, in Family Guy, oh, God, you know, uh, Captain Kirk kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> that sort of talking, that sort of thing, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I. The old I, Bill Shatner technique. I draw a card. Like, you know, it's like, it's like finding the reasons why I draw a card. Like, it's like, you know, trying to find the reason why characters are pausing the way that they are and stuff like that. And See? that can be really fun. So even, even the movie voiceover narrator has those moments too. So you, you just got an exclusive yeah. right here on the podcast. <laughs> but I, I will say that if you're looking for somebody to help you kind of like get into that, cause, um, I won't name names because he is potentially a future guest. There are some things in the works, but he teaches a great workshop on ADR. His name has come up multiple times across this podcast. I've had multiple fellow students on here as well, but he makes it known that like when he does his characters, he knows who those characters are in and out so that when he's going in there, you know, matching mouth flaps for the existing Japanese footage, he doesn't have to worry about like what kind of decision that character would make because he is that character. He knows, and it just works. And what you just said right there solidifies that because if you have to figure out why that pause is there that may not be natural for us, you know how that character would be so that you can bring an authentic, real read to that character and make it work. So it's not that awkward moment unless that's what they're looking for. Yeah, right, exactly. And here's the thing about that. A lot of times in auditions for those characters, that's what they're looking for like yep. the most. They want to make sure that you get that character. And yep. for, for any audition, really, uh, it's about finding sort of those moments in the audition where you show, yeah, no, I get this character. And that's what's important. Because Absolutely. then when you're asked to make decisions or you're forced to make decisions that maybe you wouldn't necessarily make as an actor – uh, it, and 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 but it's part of the the footage and stuff like that. You have such a good understanding of that character that you can make that decision, like you said, in a way that makes sense for that character Absolutely. and it feels authentic. So and yeah. and here's here's the thing too. 
the decision you make may not even be what they were expecting or what they wanted, but it may be so good because you just committed to it and went with it that it changed their whole perceptive perception of what they were looking for. And it is just a strong testament to why having like a background in improv or in stage and theater acting will help you in this world because it's, you know, lowercase V big a voice acting and you have to bring that realism and that authenticity to it because most times you won't see these scripts until you walk into a booth or you open the audition. You don't have time to sit there and prepare it. You have to sight read and go and make that commitment and just swing for the fences. That's right. And I forgot to mention about improv. That is so important. I, I it's so critical mm-hmm. uh, aside from acting theory itself. And, and so often in many acting classes, they do just take you straight to, to improv anyway. Yep. But particularly improv helps so, so much. Absolutely. Uh, it's it's critical. Absolutely critical. And just a cheap plug for improv, too. It will help you in more ways than just acting. It will help you in your everyday, real-world life. And it just lets you be in the moment where you're not just overanalyzing and thinking three steps ahead for things that haven't even happened yet. So, and I it know... Lets you- I'm so sorry. Go no, you're ahead. good. No, you're good. I was gonna say. I know Jen will tell you the exact same thing too. Like she, that that's how we met, yeah. and just seeing how much she's developed over the last two years, and I've developed and changed. Like it does wonders, not just for acting, but for everyday life. And and just to 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 plug Jen for just a minute, mm-hmm. she I like this has been announced now. Uh, she was in uh, a Yu-Gi-Oh video game yep. that featured characters from the Yu-Gi-Oh 7s anime, and now the official dub for that has been announced. And she is her character Asana yes. in the anime, and that's yes. premiering on Disney XD. So you know, uh, in lieu of her not being here, that's that's something awesome for for her. Of that's course, just so of incredible. Course. So you know, so her hard work. Has paid off. It, it really does. can. It's the long game, you know? So Yep. And that, that's the thing, too. That's, again, like, I, I know it's not the Jen show, but that's somebody that does so much to help so many other people that she lives that family dynamic. She puts it out in the world. She helps people. And it's she so does. cool to see it coming back to her in waves. So it's just, it's awesome to see. And it, it's fine for it to be the part Jen show. Jen's one of my best buddies. Of so I'm course, yeah. more than happy. We so. we give each other grief, but my God, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> like she has helped me so much. And if I could just get in one of those elusive Darren classes that she keeps sending me that aren't scheduled when I'm at work, I would <laughs> all would be right with the world. But it hasn't happened yet. I'm sure it will. Oh man, I can't <laughs> wait for that one. But yeah, of course we got to give her credit again because were it not for her. This interview would not have happened. So again, Sister Dearest, thank you for everything. Working behind the scenes. Of course. And I, I don't know if hell froze over with me giving her that much credit because it's usually me giving her grief. But <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens with tomorrow's climate and where we are when this actually airs. But, like, man, this has been so so much fun. I don't feel like we've been going for almost an hour but like I, I've learned so much about you, and I feel like at the same time I've known you for years, and it's just oh, been catching up with an old friend. So this has been awesome. Thank you, likewise. Chris, of course, really. of course, and I, I'm excited to see where things are going to go for you because I know there's some big things coming that we can't disclose right now. But hopefully by the time this airs, some of those things may be out there, and we can you know continue celebrating and enjoy that. But Thank I you. think. One thing we can celebrate right now is um, me handing the keys to this podcast over to you and letting you take a break from getting questioned and let you question me for a little bit. 
Everybody knows what's coming at this point. I am completely in the dark. I just know you're going to throw questions my way. So this is now the Danny show. So (laughs) take the reins and have some fun. All right. Well, uh, firstly, I, I, I wanted to mention earlier, but I love your shirt, Yu Yu Hakusho, right? Yes. Yes, sir. Thank you. You're that, the second person today that's given me props on it. That is my. That is honestly my favorite anime of all time. I'm, I'm pretty sure. If it's not that, it's Cowboy Bebop. So See, and, I love those two. And here's the thing. I honestly go back and forth between this and I know this is going to sound like blasphemy, but between this and Dragon Ball being my number one um but I, I honestly would have to say this is my number one, and it, it's just hard to put a reason as to why, but I think the overall story of it, man, it just it hooks me every time. It, it's so good. So underrated, too. So I'm really glad you mentioned Dragon Ball, because my first question <laughs> is, is, if someone gave you all seven Dragon Balls, what would you wish for? Man, um... Oh... <sighs> They just handed them to you in a box. Give me that Mr. Satan lifestyle. Just give me the house. Give me the money. (laughs) Give me the showmanship. Give me the titles. Give it all. Because then I get to hang out with everybody else, and I'm set for life. Just give me that. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I can appreciate that. And selfish plug, that's where I've stolen so much of my wrestling material from anyway. (laughs) And then come to find out, you know, like his American voice actor brought some of that stuff from Hulk Hogan and he's a wrestling fan too. So it's like, it's so perfect. It's just it's full circle. It, it really full is. Um, I don't have a sweet fro like that, but I don't have the patience to grow it either. <laughs> Quiet, Jeff. <laughs> Diligence and hair jelly. Yeah. Sworn he, he said that in one of the Dragon Ball movies, but <laughs> all right. Number two. Do you have any actors for film or television whose performance you really admire? They could be from classic film or television or modern. Oh, man, there's there's actually quite a few, but I think I'm going to go with three. Um, mm-hmm. Number one will probably be the obvious because he's the one that like got me into any kind of comedy, anything like that. Will Ferrell, just because, uh, you know, like the bloopers of him improving on the set of Eastbound and Down or Anchorman specifically. Anchorman is my number one movie of all time, so... Yeah. Again, another thing I've stolen, like, shamelessly from for wrestling and just performing and over-exaggerating. But just the ad-libs and the bloopers and the way he would crack people up on set, like, that that's number one for me. And then, actually, man, I lied. I'm just going to give you a top five. Okay. Uh, Will sure. Ferrell, Ian McDermott, not only for, like, Star Wars and being Emperor Palpatine, but, like, his Shakespearean work, uh, you know, being his little referenced cameo in um, Sleepy Hollow, and then, you know, like Dragon Slayer, different things like that. Okay. He, he's from the theater. I love that. Javier Bardem and No Country for Old Men as Anton oh, Chigurh. I just rewatched that a couple yeah. days ago. Oh, my God. That That's my number two <laughs> movie, and that movie is so, like... I don't even know what it was, but it took me years to realize there's no soundtrack to this movie, but it's so good without it. And then the character that he brings to the table has his morals, has his standards, and he just doesn't break them. And it's, it's so, it's, well, it's not borderline creepy. It is creepy, but he's so (laughs) believable when he does it. And I've like stolen monologues that he's done from that movie to learn different dialects in my coachings that I did there. 
Yeah. And even in those different dialects, it's it's so weird to hear, man. But like he just makes it seem so easy. And then uh, my other two, just because I'm, I mean, I love them anyway, but because of Better Call Saul, Giancarlo Esposito and Jonathan Banks. Because, like, if you watch them in anything, they are just masters at what they do. And I'll be damned, like, I just want to have my name on a credit with theirs somehow, some way. But that's my top five. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Of course, of course. Good answers. All right. <laughs> I think I caught Jeff off guard over here. I don't know. <laughs> so there's an interesting follow-up to that question. Yes. What's an actor or character that you can do an impression of? It doesn't have to be a good one, but just maybe your take on how they sound. Jeff is saying no. Um, <laughs> I mean, I can do Randy Savage, but um, there's another one... Um, it actually, again, like a bad impersonation leads to a new character. Right. Um, Chris Ayers and Damon Mills, you know, that took over for the voice of Frieza. Yeah. They actually gave me, um, and I guess you could even reference Yu Yu Hakusho for the elder Taguro brother with the really high-pitched and really nasally crazy voice. Kind of mixed into a voice that, like, I not only use for our Tales from the Haunt podcast now, but... It's on my character demo. It's the one that gets the most attention. Um, and it's that really high-pitched, you know, shrieky voice. That that one right there. And I... I, I, I that one so just, good. Thank you. And it just nobody <laughs> expects it to come from me. Nope. And uh, that that's probably my favorite one right there more than anything, but... You know, everybody's got a, a macho man, but nobody has that one. So I think that that's mine right there. I just don't have a name for it, but that is so good. I know just Thank what you. you mean. I, I I discovered not too long ago that I can do a baby voice, which is like really interesting. Ooh, so I'm all ears. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Without without warming up too much, it would be. Oh my god, it sounds like my two-year-old. Good lord. <laughs> it sounds like my two-year-old trying to climb in the bed in the middle of the night. I get See, that's that what one. exploring Thank you. See, that's what exploring different different that's voices it. and all that can do. That that came about from me trying to do a cat voice, which I can also kind of do, but the baby voice was I was like Right. Oh wow, okay. All right. Hello, chalking that one away in the back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Num number four. Do you think that your background in Fighting, wrestling has helped you with your voiceover performance slash career in any sort of way. One hundred percent. And I figured it, it again, it was something I was hesitant about at the beginning. Um, and I guess I can say, you know, talking to future guests on this show, uh, Bob Bergen, just because we have it on the calendar now, fingers crossed it sticks. He mm -hmm. He referenced in a class that we did that he wasn't sure how well that would translate into the acting world because it's it's a performance genre, but it's also very different than what we do behind a microphone. But mm -hmm. in that, too, referencing the theater kid background and the performance of going big so that everybody in the arena can see it, it has helped, you know, like where you have to go big on some of these characters, like you're doing a video game read and 
you're doing a military leader or you've got somebody that's yelling or just getting all into it. Or even with the physicality that we did in that Bang Zoom workshop, that's me selling, you know, from a wrestling match. That's me selling and being exhausted, you know, just... And not only that, too, just the things you pick up on where somebody tells you something but they don't say it or you get that weird vibe like somebody's trying to pull one over on you. And the business acumen of it, too, has really helped kind of like see things that may take other people a little while to see if they're just fresh coming into it. And it was really surprising how it just kind of just all kind of snapped into place from there. It was really, really weird. But I was so grateful for that experience because I was trying to put as much distance as I could between me and wrestling before I eventually just gave up and embraced it all over again. Yeah. Oh, man. That was great. Thank you. The thus is my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I mean, wear of many hats. That's a Absolutely. lot of actors, right? Wear of many so. hats, but ones that don't get a lot of sleep either. <laughs> That's our curse. I, I feel yeah. I feel that <laughs> on a spiritual level. Oh yeah. <laughs> Number five. What's your next big goal in your voiceover career development? Man, um I think my next big goal is to just land that next opportunity. Um as we're recording this, I just recently, it wasn't like a big, big read by any means, but I just added Yelp as somebody that I've now done VO work for. So I just, wow. I want to keep getting that and keep, man, just keep the opportunities coming so that whether it's a big name company or whether it's somebody else, it's just another thing that I can get in my repertoire, on my resume, and just keep expanding myself. But if that Dragon Ball Super superhero audition were to come through, I would not complain. So, but in all honesty, it's just consistently, consistently booking. That's I think that's my next big VO opportunity where I can eventually make that full-on transition to doing this full-time. Awesome. That's yes, great. All right. Well, those Man. are my five questions. Those, those were it. all great answers. I love it. I love it. And I say it every time, but I mean, like, We've been doing this for two seasons now. I've lost count and track of time, but the questions are never the same. And again, I don't come into this knowing what they are. Only the person asking them does, but they're all so different and all so unique, but they're always so fun. And I come away like with a smile on my face. It's awesome. And those were some solid, solid questions. So thank you for that, Danny. Those are some solid, solid answers. Solid as Duraludon, absolutely. Yeah, somebody start, uh, somebody start some Bob Seger, you know. <laughs> oh, man, but anyway, like, dude, thank you again just for coming on here, for chatting it up with me, and just making the time fly by because I don't feel like we went for over an hour. No, I don't believe that. It <sighs> must have been some sort of time travel shenanigans. It, it has whatever. to be, and somehow Jeff was involved, so we, absolutely. we'll blame Jeff. It's, it's all Jeff's Jeff. fault, yes. As he blends in in the background. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, thank you very much, Jeff. Of course, yeah. But Again, also, it's all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> it may be his fault, ladies and gentlemen, but he makes this podcast sound as pretty as it really does. So Yes. But, thank man, you. this... Dude, again, thank you for taking the time. Thank you for everything here and just coming on and being so generous, being so open, and being so engaging the entire time. It was an absolute pleasure. 
Hey, likewise. And thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you, man. Now I got to see if I can just wrangle you and Jen in together and we get a, you know, a triangle, a triangle podcast going on here and see what kind of magic ensues there. That'd be a lot of fun, and I have a feeling we can make something like that happen. So well, yeah. we we got a group chat outside of here, so we'll we'll get something in the works. Absolutely, man. All right, man. Well, dude, this has been an absolute pleasure, and guys, I hope y'all enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed chatting with Danny here tonight, and Jeff enjoyed working his wizardry behind the scenes, pulling the strings of time, and just just doing Jeff things. You know, he he's good at what he does. So I hope you all enjoyed it as much as we had fun bringing it to you, and I hope. This will entice you, if you haven't already, to go back and subscribe, leave that five-star review, share it with your friends, get connected with us, get connected with Danny, keep up with what he's doing, get the merch, support, and just do some good in the world, not only for those around you, but for yourself as well. Danny, is there anything that you want to leave our uh, listeners with before we call it a night here? Um, uh, can I mention that I'm doing a, a signing soon? Of course you can. I got a couple of prints that I'm I'm doing. I got three of them. I just have two of them on hand, but I'm um, I'm doing prints of my character Raihan, the gym leader nice. from Pokemon. And uh, you can go into my Streamly, uh, uh, my Streamly shop, and uh, order them. And uh, this coming uh, Saturday, May. 28th and Sunday, May 29th, I'll be signing them live. So Nice. Yeah. And I tell you what, too, because this will air after that. If ah. you'll go ahead and get me that, though, I'll be in California, but I'm going to make sure that link gets tweeted out not only on my page, but on the podcast page as well. So if any listeners uh. want to check it out, well, actually, any listeners in the past want to check it out in the future as we record. So by now. Now look, now look yeah. at what Jeff, he's over here doing his wizardry again, but we're going to have that link out there so that we can get this out for people to get those autographs because something tells me they're going to be valuable one day. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. You're too kind. <laughs> Jeff's doing his wizardry again. He's going to make it so. But no, in all, in all seriousness, uh, by the time this comes out, we will have tweeted that link. Hopefully you'll be listening to this with that framed on your wall so you'll know what's going on. And then hopefully you'll go back and listen to Jen's appearances on this show as well. Yes. And we'll already have it in the works to have a triple threat podcast going on right here. Maybe like Jeff can throw about. questions to all of us. Absolutely. I'm down. Okay, I think we just discovered something. We'll make it work. So that's a season four. That's a season four plug right there, along with some other special guests that we teased as well. So if that doesn't entice you right there, I don't know what else I can do for you other than promising that Jeff will strip if you don't go and subscribe and share this podcast. If you do subscribe, Jeff will keep his clothes on. But because I don't want to see Jeff naked. No offense, Jeff. But we're doing what we can here. We got to get these podcast numbers up. But... In all seriousness, guys, I appreciate y'all listening. I appreciate y'all listening to our horrible humor here and just having fun because we're having fun bringing these podcasts to you. And I just enjoy the chance to chat with my friends and let you guys eavesdrop on them because it's an absolute learning experience and a total pleasure more than anything else. But man, Danny, again, I've said it multiple times and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right back at you, Chris. Thank you. Of course, man. And guys, we'll be back next week with another awesome episode. And I can't wait for you to tune in and listen to that one as well because I teased some big things here. We've got bigger things coming along the way. And it's only going to keep going up, not just for this podcast, but for Tales from the Haunt as well. There's a lot in the works and a lot of big things are coming. There's a lot of big things coming in Danny's future as well. So get connected in the show notes 
That way you don't miss out on any of it, and that way you can share it with your friends. But before I ramble on about sharing, 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 because sharing is caring, I'm going to call it a night right here and say on behalf of Danny, on behalf of Jeff, and on behalf of myself, we all thank you for tuning in, and I can't wait to talk to you again next week when I bring you another awesome interview. And I know you hear me. The I Know You Hear Me podcast is a presentation of Flynn Hendricks Enterprises. We thank you for tuning in this week, and we hope you'll check out our sponsors and advertisers. Make sure you check us out next week as we come back at the same time with another awesome episode.